is done. Attention students, class is in session. Class is in session. Welcome once again. Hi. To Satanic Study Hall. We're back. Are we? Did we ever leave? No, for this episode, we're back. No, we're jumpy now. We get jumpy. We're all over the place. There's no more <laughs> Sunday releases. We gave up the commitment. It's all oh good, though. We drop episodes when they're done. Um, it's it, The element of surprise is nice, right? Sure. I, I mean, so, yeah. I'm falling back on that as a fucking crutch. Because yeah, I don't we like do what we want. Shut the fuck up. Because I don't like <laughs> deadlines. And yeah, neither wow. does Belial. Nope. <laughs> Anyways, what's up at Study Hall? Welcome back to class. It is good to have you here. And as always, thank you for listening to the podcast in general. Um, and thank you for being a part of this community. We have something special planned for you today. If you haven't been able to tell by the title of the episode, when you click the play button, this episode is going to be our fourth installment of our personal journey series. Uh, and this time we are joined by a member of our goat farm community who we met through our social media journey. And that is Sybil. And we're going to get to know Sybil and say hello in just a few minutes. But we are fucking thrilled uh, to have Sybil here. I just can't say anything other than I'm fucking excited about what's to come. It's uh, we said it on our promo episode. It's good to be back in class. Uh, it's good to be doing this more regularly in the break was absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it was much needed just as a break from any other, you know, commitment that involves time is much needed. But anyways, my name is Bill. I am a member of the Satanic Temple. I am also a member of the Love City Satanists here in Philadelphia. And today I am joined by these degenerates. I'm Johnny Voorhees. I am also a member of the Satanic Temple and of Love City Satanists in the city of brotherly hate. <laughs> wow. At times. Wow. At times. I am hashtag cancel Dennis Morningstar, and I am a member of the Satanic Temple as well. And I okay. am Father Al. Bless you, my children. And I am also a member of the Satanic Temple. Hi, Father Al. Hi, Johnny Voorhees. Hello. <laughs> and now, hello. It's now it's time to say hello to Sybil. Welcome to Study Hall, Sybil. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hi, hey, Sybil. what's going on, Sybil? Yo. Thanks for having me. Thanks for really being here. Definitely thanks for Thank being you. here. Yes, this is absolutely thank you, thank you. awesome. Uh, we love involving, you know, we are nothing but just you know, a bunch of people that get together um, a couple of times a month. And we say this and everyone's like, no, you're not. But at its core, we are nothing but a bunch of, you know, you know, new, new strangers and new friends. Uh, they get together and talk shit and Satanism and try to learn together. But it's it's our fans and all of that that, you know, keep us going and keep, you know, the gasoline in the tank when um, you know, things get a, a little hard and it just keeps the train moving forward. So we're thankful for our entire community. And this is going to be uh, an awesome, awesome episode. Um, Dennis, can you tell us why we do personal journey episodes anyways? I mean, I've, we've gotten that question a couple times. Like, what does that have to do with Satanism? Why do we do them? Um, I don't know. I feel it, 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 uh, it kind of brings a connection between all of us and it kind of brings us, uh, it draws us a little closer and, um, in a community sense, a more of a, more of a, almost a family feeling. Um, you know, it, it, it lets you know that you're not, you're not alone out there. What about you, Johnny? I don't know. 
<laughs> because we've run out of content and we need something else to fill the time with. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. <laughs> well, yeah, welcome back, Johnny. That was the, the answer was right up your God alley. Damn. No, but, but I think it's because, like Dennis said, as much as I'd hate to agree with him, uh, it's it's definitely to to bring us closer to the people that you know like the podcast and like to listen to it, and it's awesome to hear their personal journeys and and try to relate to them. You can lick my fucking balloon, shut up, off, dickhead. <laughs> Damn, it didn't take long for that fucking bell to come out. No, not at all. We're six, we're six minutes and eight seconds into this story, uh, and that's exactly right. Um, you know, not their fuckery, but uh, what, I'm, what I'm talking about is. And, you know, that's why we do this. Uh, it's it's one of the most inspirational things as far as being, you know, whether, you know, you're a member of a, a community, you know, you, you practice more solitary Satanism like we were discussing with Stephen Bradford Long. Personal journey aspect of things. That's where I learned the most is gaining perspective, uh, hearing about shit that people have overcome in their lives. And, you know, that can come from a ridiculous amount of avenues. But it's, you know, we do these episodes, you know, to get to know each other, but also, you know, to possibly make a difference and give listeners hope when it comes to some of the crazy shit that we've all been through. And also at the end of it, it's to feature important members of our community and help empower them. And that's in empowering each other. You know, I can already see this this community through this podcast journey, uh, a bunch of really good people drawing strength from each other. And I'm not trying to get all fucking warm and fuzzy, but that at its core, that is beautiful. And that is why we do this. And that is why we are here. So before we get going, um, I guess I have to take care of some business that I skipped because I jump all around. Oh, um, so what is Satanic Study Hall? Satanic Study Hall is a podcast where we talk about Satanism from Sometimes. its inception to modern day. We talk about uh, the things heathens do, uh, the things heathens like, the places heathens go. Um, and we and, get to know heathens yes, as well. And we, at the same time, we get to know other heathens. Uh, but no, we talk about Satanism. We try to learn a lot of the stuff that we discuss on our podcast uh, is, um, you know, some of it is, you know, we're familiar with some of it that we're not. So as we present it, we are learning. Um, that's why we are under, you know, this uh, suspension of disbelief with Satanic Study Hall. Um, we're, I don't know, we have fun and it's a good place to be. And we thank you for being here. Uh, you can get in touch with us at satanicstudyhall at gmail.com. That's the easiest way. Uh, you can also consider supporting the podcast through our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash satanic study hall. We have three tiers available for you to consider to support. We'll talk more about that later when we shout out some of our new members and VIPs. Um, and then you can also listen to us on any major podcast platform. Uh, you can satanic study hall.com is a direct link to um, the source of the podcast. And if you are listening to us on Apple podcast, what do we, what do you think we should ask him to do? Johnny leave us a rating. Let us know, you know, what you think about the podcast. I think it sucks. It, say it yeah, sucks. I hope it's not one star. Yeah. You say to fire Dennis, I'll do it myself. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> um, and cancel Dennis Morningstar. That's right. Hashtag cancel. That's right. Cancel, cancel me. I have no problem with that. Oh, sure. Father Al was part of the, that original movement. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that started the change.org petition. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. Trying to kick him out. Oh, gone. No, no. <laughs> Fucking gone. All right, so let's uh, let's take care of the final little bit of business now and do something we like to call "How are you now?" Um, you know the question, Mister Voorhees. What's going on? How are you now? It's good to be back. It's good to finally be back behind the microphone with you guys. 
No, I've been absent for a while on some of the Patreons. Uh, sorry that I missed that phone call on that one. I left my phone at work. <laughs> Luckily, it was still there the next day when I went. I have excuses that. Did you leave it in the bathroom really while you were taking a shit? Really? No, I left it yeah. at my uh, workstation. That's always where I leave my phone. Nope. Right in the bathroom. Oh. But, uh, you know, things could be better. I'm not going to go into it because it's it's just a never-ending shit cycle. Things could be better, but you know what? I'm glad to be back here, and I'm glad to be back making episodes again. Hail Thank Satan. You. Hail Satan. Dennis, how are you now? I'm, I'm doing all right. I, uh... I got a couple teeth, a few teeth pulled uh, two days ago, so that was that was fun. Um, I don't know what the hell everyone talks about with this dry socket. I've been fucking smoking since. I don't feel shit. I mean, the next morning I woke you up. You are playing a dangerous <laughs> game, my friend. The next morning I woke up, I spit out like five blood clots, but dude, I feel fine. You're only five. I feel fine. It's not the painkillers or anything. Or the weed. I, I dude, feel I, fine. I, I'm not allowed to have painkillers. I'm allergic to cocaine and all that you, shit. You probably so. have four dry sockets and don't even know it. Probably. I don't know. They got me on that ibuprofen, the, the ibuprofen 800s. I barely even take them. I, I don't feel shit. Like I said, you're playing a dangerous game. Roll them dice. But no, I'm glad. <laughs> that's, uh, that shit sucks. I've had it a few times. I, I mean, I feel better. I'm glad to have that fucking that one tooth out. Jesus Christ! Do you feel better than James Brown though? Oh yes, I feel. <laughs> fuck, I feel good. I feel great. We starting karaoke with that comment? That's my. You'll never fucking catch me karaoke. karaoke. We almost did never. karaoke, but I was never. late and technology was not cooperating. We're like, it was me, basically <sighs> me and me and <laughs> me and Pam. That was it. <laughs> Unless someone joins me in singing. Uh, I believe in a thing called love from the darkness. I'm not doing karaoke. No, I'm going to do karaoke. We're going to do, we're going to do it just like we do movie night on discord. And we have a karaoke channel and I'll, I'll download a shit ton of instrumentals and we'll black out some time and embarrass ourselves. I'm not more excited about the cinema. What would I choose for satanic karaoke? Hmm. I'm going to have to think Johnny, anything come to mind? If you were, if you're going to bust out a karaoke song, I would probably do Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Right. That would be my opener. That's, that's a good choice. Dennis, what about you? It's Raining Men. No. <laughs> Dead serious. Dead fucking serious. Oh, it doesn't have to be Satan. <laughs> that or the Safety Dance. Oh, fucking that's right. a good one. Fuck yes. I would do that. Right, we'll go yeah, you join me on that shit? Let's, dude, yeah. I, if we're doing this, that's what we're doing. We can dance if we want to. Fuck yeah, we can leave all <laughs> friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, then I... No friends of mine. Sir. Don't ask me, Bill. I got nothing. I can't top that alone. I'm not asking you to top it. What would be your go-to karaoke song? Oh God, I have no fucking idea. Hailstorm. Uh, oh fuck. Hailstorm probably. Yes. Yeah. I, was about to go, I hate karaoke. I uh, I, per- personally, I hate karaoke myself. Sybil, what about you? Oh, you're not getting uh, out of this one. What's your fucking song? <laughs> I have a story. Um, oh, oh. Story time. <laughs> Bring it. This was like oh, like seven years ago. Um, I went out with some coworkers and, um, it was karaoke night and I didn't know. And (laughs) I don't know why, but Alan Jackson came on and everyone was just kind of like just upset. And I understand, but for some reason I I blame the booze, but I was just going at it to Alan Jackson. (laughs) (laughs) So, but that's not my, that's not my jam. Fuck I used to love, love it. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love going to the bars that always, you know, they've always broke out singing fucking Sweet Caroline and clap yeah. and shit. Oh, yep. fuck yeah. I was all yeah. about that Friends shit. Friends in low places. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Oh, wow. Love friends in low places. Father Al, how are you now? Uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. My, um, my busted hand is, is healing. Uh, whether it's healing good or not, I, I won't know for a couple of weeks. But, Too much uh, whacking. Here's a I was fun... about to say, was that from masturbation? <laughs> Too much whacking. <laughs> whacking off in the tool shed. I, being a father, aren't, isn't that against your, your way? Not a satanic uh, way. Oh, not the satanic way. Oh, no. Dude, oh, no. the satanic way says to masturbate daily. Then, oh, no, size. hourly. Multiple times quit, daily. Quit bitching and continue on. That's right. Just switch hands. <laughs> <laughs> I Play the stranger. <laughs> that was some problem. I switched hands that, uh, i used my that, other hand oh shit what the fuck happened oh, oh yeah no. no you're right because the, ten, the, the tendons in your thumb start the, i can't speak i'm not does gonna that say make you a switch here's a fun fact about medicine in our country so um i got a prescription for a replacement brace because i've had this one for a while and it's just getting old and shit um and so you got uh, like, a prescription I for a these, piece of plastic yeah no wow. it's it's it is a special brace it like it for like once you heat it, it, it forms. But so what happens is, um, I, I caught my local like orthopedic place, and they want like two hundred and forty dollars for this this brace. I go on eBay, I find it for fucking forty five dollars. So I go to my doctor, and he's like, "Yeah, you can find some good stuff on e- on eBay. Like when, when um when we run out of stuff, like you know, we just go on eBay." I'm like. Really like wait medical supplies in our country Holy yeah shit. fucking That's medical great. supplies are That's better. Like, fuck, I'm out of scalpels. I'm out of scalpels. They're on sale in Lithuania for six cents a piece. Slightly used. Yeah, use use scalpels. <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> That, so, is, that so, is wild. No, that's crazy. Like, I'm, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, when I fucked up my leg the first three or four times, I'm looking at these medical bills. I mean, I wasn't paying them, but like $575 for the brace they had on my leg. I looked that shit up online in case, like, it got wet or something. Like, literally $75, $80. You can get them from somebody. It's ridiculous. Yep. I know when my dad went to the, uh, Fuck the, righteous. the, emer- the emergency room, the hospital was literally like three blocks away from where we live. And the nice. ambulance bill was like two grand. Yep, of course. Because they hooked up machines. Eight hundred dollars just for them to turn the ignition on. Why does that's why, true? Why does it take so long to become a resident of Canada? If that if it wasn't, it's it's like <laughs> seven years it was, now, dude, isn't I wish it? it wasn't like two uh, two grand if they catch you hopping the border. Yeah. I would have fucking hopped that shit so long ago. I would love to live in Canada. Hell yeah! I don't know if I can invest seven years on a. I go up, hang out, dude. I go up and hang out with fucking Walter and oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I get pulled back to the states somehow. I know it. I would never come back. <laughs> All dude, right, my buddy is um my buddy's dating a uh, a girl in Toronto, and they like they couldn't cool. see each other for six months because of this shit. Toronto's been through it, it before. Sucked. Like like the SARS SARS hit Toronto like a motherfucker. They quarantined the entire city because of SARS. Yeah. I go. I went to the best rock concert of my life because of that. Was it I Pearl mean, Jam? No, Pearl Jam was not there. <laughs> <laughs> no, Pearl Jam. No, that's, wouldn't that be an, Wouldn't that be an oxymoron though? The best rock concert of my life <laughs> featuring Pearl Jam. <laughs> I don't know. It just doesn't sound. It doesn't like a sound. Pearl like Jam, Nickelback, and Creed all no, in one no. fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've talked about it before. It was fucking Rolling Stones and the Guess Who and the Flaming Lips and oh, Rush nice. and ACDC and fucking Justin Timberlake was getting hit with Whoa. rocks and water bottles. He fucking yeah. bounced off stage in the middle of Rock Your Body. It was great. Nice. Fuck that guy. <laughs> That's my favorite Nickelback video. When they get pelted with uh, stones <laughs> on the stage. That's the only That's good a, Nickelback yeah. video. 
Wait, they actually have a video showing yeah. themselves getting hit with rocks? throwing fucking rocks at them. That's nice. great. I didn't realize like, hey, do you want to throw rocks or do you want rock and roll? And he gets hit with another fucking rock in the head. <laughs> Yo, I like... There's your answer, fucking head. people have spoken. Nickelback just went up a few notches in my head. Like, <laughs> no pun intended. It's just literally like... I, I don't ask fuck. the question if you don't want the answer. Oh, fuck. They've got Life lessons they've by studying a little right. they've gotten a little bit more of my respect back uh, i don't know about that fuck that guy that's a, that's a little far <laughs> now sybil how are you now i'm doing pretty well i um, forgot you were here <laughs> <laughs> I'm, it's your episode we forgot you were here <laughs> uh, i'm doing pretty good um yeah, I think I'm gonna list my used injection needles on eBay now. Thanks for the. Right off the bat, so will you fit right the fucking in study hall? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We're saving a chair for you all the time. You can stop Thank by class you. whenever you want. That was fucking good. That, that's the, just <laughs> the one liner of the night right there. Um, <laughs> All right, so it is time to dive into the personal journey. So, Sybil, I hope you're ready to do some talking. Um, it is time to get to know you. So, let's do it. If not, fake it till you make it. That's right. Uh, Blyle's excited. <laughs> Father Al's excited. And I know our listeners Woo. are as well. So, um, how about we start off? Tell us uh, what pronouns do you use and who is Sybil today? Who did we bring in the study hall? Uh, so, um, my pronouns. Um, are she and they and who am i today um i'm just i'm i'm here i'm existing in this covid world um i work at trader joe's and i'm a hairstylist and that's pretty much where i'm at right now i love that fucking store trader joe's it is i love her fucking hair she's always got really good hair she does tattoos are awesome too yeah thank you really <laughs> jealous of the third tattoo Anymore. i cannot wait to get mine done I would say all of that and just add your fucking humor because you make me laugh. All the time. <laughs> all, all the, the time. fucking time. All the fucking time. All the time. I'm glad. <laughs> so how did you find Satanism um, and or the Satanic Temple? What was your initial exposure um, and leading up to becoming a, a member of the temple? Like after my graduation of like high school, um, I was just kind of, you know, like, here's the world now, like, go figure it out. And during like the first few years of that, I was um, on and off from going to church with um, my, my mom. And as I'm getting older, I'm making my own decisions more and more as an adult. Um, and just the things that I'm like listening to just didn't add up to who I am or what I think is, you know, quote unquote, right for like humanity, like just being a decent person, I guess. Um, I just feel like they, they battle against each other being a Christian. You want to be loving. So, you know, apparently that's how it's supposed to be and accepting everyone and all this bullshit, but really all they talk about and what I keep hearing is all this like, Hey, and the things that you can't do, you know, everything that you've heard, it just, didn't make sense to me. And I kind of wanted it to, because that's 
kind of the reason why you go to church usually is because you choose to go for, for one purpose. And it just didn't fall in line with who I was as a person. Um, I just got so mad at why, why are these, why is this group of people lying to like the world lying to me? I'm here trying to do what is good and right, but they're telling me the complete opposite that I'm doing things, everything completely wrong. I I just carried like all this guilt with me. I, I hated that. And it just kind of like in my family, it's, it's all I keep hearing from them too. It's just a repeat of what's being said from church. So during like that time, um, I kind of took a, a pause from attending and I just was just working, working multiple jobs, kind of figuring life out, just seeing what's, what's right for me. And I never really heard of like Satanism in its core, like what it is really all I've like had this idea of like, oh, Satanism, worship the devil and all this crap. Um, it wasn't kind of like fast forwarding to actually maybe two years ago. I was house sitting for uh, a new friend at the time. I was on Netflix or Hulu or Hail Satan. What was that on? I forgot. Hulu, Hulu yeah. Yeah. And um, I just come across it and I'm like, you know, I've always wanted to watch this and I'm just watching it. And I'm like, holy shit, like all of this makes complete sense. Like everything that these people have gone through with their own personal lives, what they stand for, and then just the whole rundown of the the tenants. I'm like, this is what's like been missing, like in me, like this, what I've been feeling, I've been trying to explain, and I just don't know how, or I don't know what it is. And then reading like the, the tenants, it's just like, that's what it is right there. Like, boom. So that's how I've come to like find and realize it. Now you touched on some of your experience with religion as a child. Um, no, when before you found Satanism and watching Hail Satan, now did were you more? Did you were you more of just an atheist, or had you had you already let go of God at that point? Or um, maybe you can tell us about like just your aha moment where the light bulb went off and you're just like, nah, something something's fucking off here. More probably like agnostic, but I just didn't really like label myself as that because. Um, I've, I've always battled with like wanting to like believe like that speckle in the sky, you know, God, so to speak. It was just like a real struggle. Um, like my family was physically there, but emotionally, um, everyone was just completely separate. Um, I've gone through a lot of shit with, um, like my parents, them divorcing when I was in junior high and I'm the youngest child. Um, and then with my sister being a drug addict, um, I had to take care of her throughout high school and she's, uh, six years older than me. Just, I've had to like babysit every single person in my life. Um, so like, I wanted to believe something, I guess the thing that I just kept holding on to was hope, but I was just waiting for, I guess I was just waiting for it to like present itself. And then like my aha moment, me just thinking and having these moments to myself, it's like, why, why are we going through all of these like struggles in life? And um, like, if God is real, why does he, in quote, he 
is he putting us through like all these, you know, like trials and all these struggles that you keep hearing about? Like, why would someone intentionally, like intentionally put us through those, like all this bullshit to like get to the other side to be like, everything's okay. It's like, why would the fuck you do that? Like, why would you make people like suffer? It's like, just that just did not make any sense to me. So I'm doing my part the best I can to take care of everyone. Like, is that my battle or something? Like, it just made no fucking sense. Um, so I just kind of like dropped the idea of like, oh, God's real. It makes no sense. And even to this day, like none of that. So that's kind of like my moment where, like, I don't know if that makes any sense. But no, it makes, per- it makes perfect, perfect sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because I know like in, in the terminology we use with the aha moment, it almost makes it, you know, puts unnecessary pressure and you think of, wow, was there like a moment? But it's it's almost, it's an evolution of thought. Um, mm-hmm. you, you slowly give up. At least I did. Um, I was, I was super fucking confused and in a what if kid. And well, if I completely get off, give up, am I going to end up in hell? Is this worth investing in? Like, and then, you know, just going through that fucking, that struggle until finally you're just like enough. I can't do this to myself anymore. I'm going yeah. with my, I'm going with my gut and my gut says this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely, um, makes perfect sense. Uh, what filled the void uh, from a religious standpoint uh, from when you separated from the church until you found the satanic temple? I was, I've always enjoyed just keeping busy. Um, I've always held up until now um, at least two jobs. I've just, I always try to hang out with friends or I would always just actually take like day trips, like to the coast, um, like by myself experiencing life and like in between then like so many things have um had happened i i got married um to a person um in the uk and i dropped my entire life for that person to move over there um so that was like that was one chapter of my life that um wow yeah and everyone's you know at that time like you're so you know you're stupid you're quitting your job you getting rid of your car you know, everything, you know, anything you can think of, like people were saying. And for me at the time, it was just like, well, like my family is really not in my life. Like my dad and I haven't spoke since I was in like 11th grade. And up until maybe like November, he reached out wanting to try to like have some kind of relationship. Like I, it was just so hard to come around and like to, want to try again with him because there's been so many times where you know we try to make things work and it just it just never ever ever did to like to this day like he just keeps fucking up he said he's trying but there's there's no attempt other than like a a stupid text and like oh hey and i'm like hi like what do you want (laughs) um you know it's just experiencing life i guess um and then like life just went on um, feeling alone, lonely. I not anymore, but used to, um, cut myself with razors and knives since like seventh grade up until I think the last time, like I self-harmed was probably a year ago. And that was like emo of me to say right now, but it's like, just to feel something like, Oh, I'm going to cut myself, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's the only thing that I was actually only like brave enough to do. Cause my, my sister, she's, uh, like a heroin addict, meth addict, um, always been on and off, but I've seen her 
OD twice. She almost died once, like just like drugs and like abuse of like, like abuse, alcohol and stuff. Like I, I just couldn't do that. Cause I seen that happen and I had to take care of other people that, you know, were going through that, that situation. Um, and it was just, it was scary to see and I just couldn't. So the only other way that I knew was to, to cut myself and to, to see myself bleed. And now I'm like left with like, I have like, I can't even over literally like probably 700 scars on my body that are covered up by tattoos. And, you know, my legs are, you know, I can't see my legs as you know, wearing clothes, but um, yeah, I just, so like all in all, I just kept trying to like keep busy. And then up until that point where I watched Hail Satan, it was just kind of like, that was, that's my life. <laughs> I just learned the hard way just to like say no and be like, I'm sorry, I can't, I can't help you anymore. Um, so it was a lot of like self-discovery too, um, emotionally as, as me, as just like as a human, um, so I guess, I, I guess I was busy trying to, you know, do that. Attention staff and students. The Satanic Study Hall podcast is not affiliated with any other podcast or organization. None. Zero. The views and opinions expressed on the podcast are ours and ours alone. Hail Satan. All right, what should we know about you that isn't necessarily Satanic related? For me, I think I'm like a like a nurturing, caring person. I just want to like bring everyone in and just take care of them. Like I feel like I'm a good person for that like i see like if there is a baby right there that needed help like i would just want to love it or like any, anything yes. <laughs> yeah like i don't know everyone's people joke with me saying like oh you're such a mom like every cartoon or every comedy like you always relate to the mom like so i guess i guess i have like mom vibes going on i don't know um so i guess that's something a lot of people don't know slash know about me so i mean are you you know, currently binge watching any TV shows, and if you are, what are they? <laughs> so I am binge. Or my boyfriend and I we're binge watching. Um, for me, it's like the millionth time. For him, it's the very first time. And don't make fun of me because this is my show since I was like the gayest little thing in sixth grade. Uh -oh. um, my favorite show ever is Gilmore Girls, and it's on Netflix uh -oh. right now. <laughs> I've never and watched it, so I can't say me either. I can't it. speak to it. So like, and, and that's like another thing, like a lot of guys are like, no, I can't do it. And I'm just like, well, it's, it's less, I don't know. You just have to watch it. I can't, I can't tell you, but um, yeah, my boyfriend enjoys it a lot. He's actually like, he's like, we need to pause it. We need to leave off. He's mad at this character. He's mad at that oh, character. So he's, like, he's, an, he's invested oh. now. All right. Yes. There's some emotional investment in. <laughs> into the Gilmore girls. All right. Nothing wrong with that. Shit. I mean, I, I think I just admitted to being a fan of the show Reba back in the day. <laughs> yes. Um, fuck it. I don't care. I watched family matters. I was a TGIF junkie. Hell yeah. TGIF. Yeah. Me too. It was just, things were so much more Full simple house. back there. Remember wings? I do. I do remember wings. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> memories. Yes. <laughs> All right. So who within the satanic community would you say is your idol? Yeah. Or who do you look up to? Oh, okay. This one. I was actually thinking about this one for, for a while. And it's kind of hard to say, like, if this person like re is 
relatable to like Satanism, but my favorite artist is Florence Welch from Florence and the Machine. And she claims to be like, like a witchy, you know, type of person. And a lot of her music, she like, she has a lot of metaphors that relate to like the devil or demons and just the way like she moves with her poems and her lyrics and um, everything that she sings out it relates to herself and her personal journeys and just like her body movements when she's like dancing it's just very like like compulsive and like expelling out you know energy and you know just I don't know just something about her I've just always I just always loved her she's helped me like personally she's you know, we have like that one artist who that just speaks to us. And we're like, fuck yeah. Like any little thing, like you just relate to them. And like, I need this person in my life. Like, so that's kind of who that person is for me. Outstanding. I'm just happy Mm -hmm. to say Eddie Vedder. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Pearl Jam. Fuck Pearl Jam. All right. So the last question up for me is uh, what is the most inspiring and what is the most hateful experience you've had on this planet? Most inspiring for for me came out of nowhere. I was at Whole Foods maybe just a few years ago. And I was just hanging out with a friend. We're just having lunch. This person who appears to be like maybe like 16 or 17 comes up to us and just by their appearance, they seem very queer. And they just had a lot of questions for us because they saw us wearing, I can't remember if it was like a rainbow bracelet or a trans something. I don't know. One of us was wearing something like that. And they, I guess, were going through their own personal like thing with who they are. We just started talking and they had moved from somewhere far away I don't know, I guess their parents divorced or something. At the time, I was part of a transgender organization and I was letting them know, I'm like, hey, you don't have to come to this, but you know, we have uh, a community organization specifically for uh, people who are transgender or questioning or allies. Um, you know, these are the days and X, Y, and Z. And, um, that person's mother came and she just seemed like very, like just very stern, hardheaded, stubborn, like, okay, come on, we need to go kind of thing. Like they did, they're trying to excuse them from talking with us. Right. And we can't really be like, oh no, stay. We, We can't, we just have to be respectful for that. Especially when this person's a minor. Um, but I gave them the information and then the next meeting, um, that person was there and then they just kind of like thanked me for me. That was, that felt good on my part, because I don't know if I helped this person. I don't know if I saved their life. I don't know if what was going on through their mind, just by what, what, uh, what I was, you know, offering, um, to them. And, and for me, that's like a, it's a good feeling just knowing like, Hey, I helped someone. Like, I don't know what, they were going through. I don't know their family situation, but I've gone through my own hardships with, you know, my identity. Um, so I can't even imagine what this young person was going through. Um, so that 
part was probably like the best thing that I felt so far. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. That sounds great. And then, um, my gosh, the next question, there's just so many in high school, um, me being a gay boy, not out or even questioning, uh, my gender then, um, there was, it was the whole, when the whole like proposition eight thing was going on for gay marriage. And I remember there was a, like a rally of like students who were like soon to be Republicans can't wait to vote, you know? And they were just, I, there's just so many like kids and, you know, the people that I go to school with and even some like adults, I don't know if they were like faculty or just like parents or I don't, I don't know who the fuck they were. So um, there was just a bunch of all these kids just saying all these hurtful, hateful things about the LGBT community and especially the kids on the campus. Um, they made like posters and put them on the on the walls and um they're just calling all the openly like gay and lesbian um, students, all these different like slurs and remarks spitting on each other. Like, it's just like, like, ah, like for me, that was one of, cause it happened so early in my life. That's just something that I will never forget. Um, And that's like part of like my childhood. And like, as an adult, I remember one time, and this is me kind of fast forwarding. I'm openly, um, transgender. I'm transgender woman. Um, I remember I, and I don't know why I was like so naive to this. Um, I wanted to purchase something off of Craigslist. Um, and it was like a tablet or something technology or whatever. I go alone and this person, like this seller seemed, you know, legit, you know, responsive, everything. It just seemed good, you know, and I guess too good to be true. And then I I get there and I'm meeting this person and this person's probably around my age, maybe a little older, but they have two other people with them and two other guys. So it's three guys total. And I, I appear how I am. Um, You know, it's, I'm, I'm easily read as a trans woman and at that time, like, it's like, oh, we're going to make the exchange thing. And one of them grabs my wallet and out of like my pocket, it wasn't even in my hands. It was in my like sweater pocket. Like, I don't even know how they can see it. And the other one just like pushes me down and they both run. And one guy like kicks me. And this is like open middle of the day, um, calling me like a tranny, a faggot, like, and and it's and it's like right in front of an elementary school around our airport here it's like it was just i'm surprised it didn't take my car keys because my car keys were on me my car was like right there they could have like you know drove off and i mean it can happen anywhere but being in fresno yeah but you don't you don't think in the middle of the day in front of a school like it just goes that shit can happen fucking anywhere it can exactly and it's just and it's just like, ugh. and then I called, I called the police and of Run course they show up like 30 minutes later. And it's this one, you know, old white man, like <laughs> shaking his finger at me. He's like, well, you shouldn't purchase anything on online anyway. And blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, fuck off. And thanks for helping out. Yeah, so, exactly. 
So, yeah. I'm picturing Hans Molman from the fucking Simpsons. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. Getting mugged and beat up. That was fun. Jeez. All right. So, who is the love of your life and how did you meet? My boyfriend, Emilio. Um, We met at work about a year ago next yeah, it'd be a year next month in april um he's also transgender he's a transgender man and we just kind of connected um during this time um i'm at work living with roommates who i work with as well so the trader joe's store that i'm at that he's at um i've only been at that this store for about uh, about a year um i worked at another location just maybe 10 minutes down the road from where i'm at now and i hopped over to this store this bigger store um because of um just harassment from customers never coworkers. everyone just always had my back and support even with that time that i got mugged everyone pitched in and gave me money and groceries and it was like best thing ever i had transferred to the store um my roommate had told me like oh there's this guy and um he's also trans and he just started his hrt his hormone replacement therapy like a month and a half in or so and so i meet this person in passing passing shifts um i'm like oh yeah he's he's kind of cute he's tall he's taller than me which is not by much but just he's taller than me and for like in the trans community um usually like trans women not all the time trans women are like taller than trans men um but there are every size of person um so it was just yeah, I mean, you know, we're all unicorns. Um, <laughs> but it was just so nice to like have met someone who passed me up a little bit. I'm like, oh, this is cool. But before like a relationship actually formed, I was in a in a relationship with someone else um, in Southern California, and for a very very short time, it's like I don't know. It was more like a friendship, really. It, it is what it was kind of thing. But then I met this other person at work and someone that was like in my town who was also in my community, who also, you know, in, enjoyed my company and just, just everything just kept snowballing into like a great thing. And I just got attracted to that. But like, in my mind, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is terrible. I'm quote unquote with someone you know, in a relationship now, but I'm not getting anything from that person. So like, oh my, I don't know. Like I was just really scared. I need to tell this person, but this person was a nervous person to begin with around. He was, you know, nervous to be around his crush, like a, you know, elementary school boy kind of thing. I'm just like, oh, this is cute. Anyway. <laughs> um, so there was a, an instance where maybe like three months after um, like meeting with this person, um, my my two roommates who were uh, a couple decided to break up. They told me, and I'm like, "Oh, okay. Um, are, do I have to leave? Do I have to move out?" And it was just a very scary moment. And this happened probably like a few weeks after my birthday. 
yeah, it was like right before the pandemic. Um, he, my, my boyfriend now, Emilio, he messages me. Um, he's like, Hey, I heard you need a new roommate. And I'm like, yeah, do you know anyone? He's like, uh, like nervous laughing. He's like me. And I'm like, Uh Oh, Oh, I'm like, huh. Okay. And that just kind of like made me panic too. And like, he's like, I live by myself, but I have three rooms. Um, he's like, just think about it. Okay. I'm like, well, thank you. Let me think about it, whatever. And then I'm just trying to go on like apartments.com. I'm like, can I afford this? Does anyone need a roommate? I'm, I'm asking people at work, you know, keep an ear out. Um, and during this time I'm still with that person, that other person from Southern California and they were no help. And I'm like, well, fuck off. Like I, I can't, I can't be with you. So kind of fast forward a little bit from that. I come back to Emilio and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know what? I, I will take you up on that offer. Like he's like, cool. He's like, we can help. You, you can help me like paint the room, like your room. And so I remember, I remember, um, I, I agree. And we were just kind of like flirting, texting. And I, that's when I'm just like, I need to tell this person. I'm like, Hey, I'm very nervous because I like you a lot. And I'm with this other person. It's like just complete, like 360. It just, he's like, Oh, like the whole conversation, like the tone in our text messaging, just kind of like, like he was just very short and quiet didn't say anything hour or so later comes back to me. He's like, well, I'm not a jackass. And if you need a place to live, he's like, you better be here tomorrow morning. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Like, and I'm like, fuck, I I fucked up. Like, this is my fault completely. And, um, I show up, you know, like he wanted me to, and just very like short tempered and, you know, but I'm like, this person's still helping me out kind of thing. And, we just kind of take it from there. But as like the day went on, he got a little bit lighter. Cause we kind of like talked it out like with him without him, like directly saying he liked me, he was saying like, I like you kind of thing. It was just so hard. Cause he was doing these things. I never got from a relationship, like not even my, my ex-husband and my divorce finalized this past December. And I'm like, a beautiful thing. Fucking saying, you know, like, it's just like, <laughs> Emilio, my boyfriend, he's helped me with, you know, so many things and that I've never received from anybody. Like if it's like emotional support, um, like even sex, like just like my sex life was just always kind of like, and like being a trans woman, like that shit's hard to deal with anyway, on top of like, no one's ever going to love me. No one's this and this. And, you know, you just got all these things going through your mind and, him like he he understands it because he's also trans even though we're going through two separate opposite journeys it's the same thing yeah he's he's just helped he's helped me and i was just attracted to that it was just something that all the shit that i had to go through in my life from my parents splitting up to taking you know going to this school to go to that school and my taking care of my sister when she was on meth and heroin taking care of her children and and just like all this bullshit like down the line like it's just like wow this is finally like a good thing something's working out for me yeah Yeah. even though like there's like this problem still like this other relationship in the middle of it and i'm like i can control this i'm like i'm just scared and i don't know why 
it's just so funny. Like as I was about to break up with that person, that person actually broke up with me and I'm like, well, okay, whatever. Like I don't, this is fine. After that, I had that conversation with Emilio. Like we're both happy because he wasn't, he told me, he's like, I'm not going to stop trying. He's like, I like you. I, you know, we work together. I like, I've never had anyone like leech on me before. And I'm just like, this is, this is nice. Like I, I'm, this is, it's totally new to me. And it was like, how do I act with this? But, um, I just accepted it. Cause I'm like, you know, what? I, I, I deserve this, even though he's a fucking pain in my ass now uh. <laughs> been together, you know, like it'll be a year in June. Like we've been together for a long time and that's how other people, um, see us too. They've come to us and they're like, Oh, have you guys been together for a few years already? And they're like, no, we it's only not even a year yet. So like you guys just like gel really well. Yeah. Things, um, things move pretty quickly, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And I am not sleeping in the extra room. I'm sleeping in our bedroom and you know, like it's, it's nice. And I have a, a house with him and we share bills and it's like, like we're not married, but um, we share responsibilities and well thank you that was awesome thank you so much so how about um can you tell us about a time that you didn't know you would make it and how you pushed through one of the hardest things that i've had to go through was my separation divorce with my ex-husband and like as much as i always want to forget about that moment it's always so hard to do that because it he caused me so much fucking pain. I met this person online and like, you know, relationships start there for me. Like then it was great. And I meet this person. I dropped my life for this person. I go move to England. I'm the first person in my family to, to do something so extreme like that, like leave the country. Like no one takes vacations. Like no one ever, like, it's just like, what you are, living the high life, my friend, like that's the kind of vibes you get from like your, my family. So I was like the first person to do that. And then just as the years go on, we come back here to California, here in Fresno, we get married. We had the opportunity to go to other countries to visit our friends in other countries. And we did that. And every single time we'd done so, it was just always a terrible fucking experience on his part. He made it so bad he always had the panic like i'm gonna like cheat on him or he just had like self-doubt and it was just so extreme he never wanted to like help himself i don't know how many times i could like reassure him kind of thing um coming back living here having trying to you know have a life it just it, it couldn't i was holding three jobs at the time i was i just barely got hired at Trader Joe's. But before that, I was working at um, Starbucks. I was there for eight years. I was working as a uh, a leasing agent at the apartment complex that um, I lived at and then cutting hair. Anyway, so I was just like trying to support, you know, this relationship. And he never wanted to try. Never, ever wanted to. He was just like the most laziest person. Just it's his way. No way. I'm wrong for anything that happened. It's my fault. He just always caused so much stress. And my family saw it and my friends saw it. My coworkers even saw it. They're like, why are you putting up with that shit? And it wasn't until um, like in the middle of 
that relationship, that's when I started to, to question my, my identity. It, just, it was just so confusing. I'm like, I've never really felt like this before. Like, I feel like it felt like I was coming out as a gay man all over again, but like I was 14 then. Um, this is like totally different, but that same panic feeling in my chest kept happening. I'm like, this is very familiar. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, why am I feeling this way? Why do I, I don't feel like a man. I don't know what I am, but I don't feel like it. Am I a trans woman? And to me, like, I didn't know what that meant either. Cause it just really wasn't like visible to me growing up and that the visibility of it just wasn't there. Um, having explaining that to um, my ex, he seemed to be okay with it. I wasn't expecting that from him. Right. Um, so I was trying to find myself on top of other things going on just in the relationship. And it was very hard. I was going to support groups, um, therapy, everything just started clicking together. Like the pieces just, I'm like, okay, this is, this is who I am. I'm so scared. I don't know how to deal with it. I, you know, I want, wanted to wear makeup and, you know, everyone can wear makeup. It's, it shouldn't be like focused on like women only. Not at like all. Not at all. I have a drag I, queen. Yeah. Like, I mean, actually I have a friend from, um, actually my rehab. He was one of my roommates. Uh, he's not, he's not drag or anything of the sort. He just, I mean, he's very like Davy Havoc style, very like, Ave, uh, Eric Draven from the crow. Like he wears yeah. like, you know, like, like the eye eyeliner and, and like the, the, you know, the color and he does like, um, like every like it'll be like a line down his face on one side. Like I said, he, like I said, he, he looks like the crow for like you know for a yeah. lot of the time. And he, he looks great. He's he's you know he's a straight man, and you know anybody should be able to do it. Exactly, and that's you know that's so cool. And then just it's like an art form. But for me, like it was kind of like in a way like I want to wear this because I hate how my face looks. It's so manly. I have all this facial hair. I have shadow. I'm tired of looking at my bone structure is so pointy and like manly. And I see my dad when I look at myself in the mirror and I just, it's like, ugh. so like oh. wanting to like experience the makeup was just, you know, fun. I'm like, holy shit, this is so cool. But people were trying <laughs> to like persuade me, like you just want to be a drag queen. I'm like, but I don't feel like a male performer wanting to wear women's clothing. Like that's not what I want to do. That's not how I feel. Like I wish I had, you know, different body parts that, you know, that I wasn't born with. Like that's like, I always hated having like, just like a man's flat chest. And like, I feel weird, like clothes look weird on me because I was mm-hmm. lanky and just all this things. Like I want to have like a chest and I was just curious of like stuff. I'm like, why do women like they have so like many more options when it comes to clothes. And I think that's pretty cool. And like yeah. for men, it's just like, you know, plain black and white type of clothing. Just Here's a t-shirt. Like, here's a long sleeve shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fucking boring. Like this is dumb. Yeah. So I finally admit to myself, like, okay, I'm a trans woman. My ex, um, like we talked about that and he said he was fine. Didn't bother him you know, for me, like life goes on, but for him, like he just starts acting differently. And it's just like, it's, he started, he started like doubting himself or I, that's what it seemed like. Um, he was just, he stopped giving me like hugs and, you know, just Mm -hmm. like your typical, you know, relationship things like affection and no more, 
this and that. He took off his wedding ring and I'm like, Hey, yeah, I was like, I was cleaning in our apartment (laughs) and I'm like, Oh, you left your ring on the the counter or whatever. He's like, Oh, he's like, yeah, my, it doesn't fit me anymore. I'm like, dude, we just (laughs) got these rings. Like not even three years ago. How does it not like it's stupid? Like, no, Jesus. He's like, Oh, and I told him, let's go shopping for a new one then something you know cheap you know until we get something nicer and he's like no it's okay just like just these little things like that he was always so secretive on his phone if i even touched it just to like hand it to him mm-hmm. i mean he's like why are you touching my phone for i'm like i'm just giving it to you like i was cleaning this and it was just there sorry like i wasn't looking at it like right. i don't like every time like a group of friends invited us anywhere to hang out or something he would always say he's like oh either no i don't want to go or yeah but you go first I'm like why can't we go together like it makes no sense like so i don't know what his agenda was mm-hmm. i don't know if he was like talking to someone else or i don't know and then later into it he loses his jobs multiple jobs as that's like his famous thing he always gets fired for some reason never would tell me and it's just so frustrating for me then um like, why can't you hold a freaking job? And because of that, couldn't afford our apartment. Mm. And the apartment that we lived at, I also worked at as an on-site leasing agent. And we I couldn't afford it on my, you know, what I made. And we had to move my family. They wouldn't take us in. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I was just putting like my feelers out there. And I had a, a friend who's kind of like a second mom. Um, she kind of just like adopts people and i'm like okay let me ask her if she knows anything or anyone i asked her like hey are you renting out a room or do you know anyone she's she knows so many people so i just asked her i told her what was going on she's like i have a room here what can you afford and i told her and she's like okay yeah that's fine in the other bedroom she had she rented it out like as an airbnb so there's always people coming in and out and it was just a very busy communal type of home and he and I both move in, um, move in there. That's when he just started goodbye. Like he was just distancing himself from mm. like, he just like took off like randomly, like, I don't know where you're at, not answering calls. He was just a completely different person. And that lasted for like, like six months. And we finally just had a conversation. I'm like, Hey, I don't know what's going on with you. Cause this was going on for way too long. I can't do this anymore. I've supported your ass for so many years in two different countries. Like, I don't, like, I, I I don't know what to do. Um, but this can't work out and he's crying. Or why are you crying? You're the one that's causing me the pain. I'm doing everything for you. And you're not even like, I don't know what the hell you're doing. And and crying because, um, I'm speculating like, yeah, the one, you know, he's leeching off of you. Yeah. Yeah. He's leeching off you. And now that that supply is gone and exactly. And I'm just like, I can't like, I can only, I shouldn't have done that to begin with, but you know, being a married couple, like that's, you know, you support your spouse, but if you're not getting, if it's not being reciprocated, it's like, why are you even doing it? And, um, I guess he knew someone down South and he's like, I'm actually going to be taking off. I'm going to be living with this person. I'm like, Oh, so that's how we're going to end things. That's cool. Like, he's like, yeah, I bought a train ticket. I'm like, okay, like, I guess bye. (laughs) And then we filed for divorce. 
never, I, I was so yeah, during that entire time I wanted to end my life. I was, you know, still cutting and just crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. I'm on, you know, hormones. I'm on, um, estrogen mm-hmm. my testosterone's way low so i'm like fucking crying more than i've ever had in my life and um i've i just felt like giving up so bad i've googled like how to kill yourself and the first thing that pops up it's like a like a hotline number it's like you don't need to do this type of thing whatever and i've tried to think of different ways like how can i end this like should i drive my car off the freeway should i drown myself should i choke myself should i cut my veins or like anything and everything how to hang yourself like it was just it, it was bad and especially like when your family's not there to talk to because they don't they didn't at the time weren't talking to me you know people were dealing with how to deal with that and my dad not being in my my life at all and my sister god knows where she was at she's been through so many rehabs on the east coast and the west coast everywhere and like there was just no family available. And I was just so alone, so scared, so dark, just so small. And the only thing that I had was my job and my car and the room that I was renting out. Well, so far so good. Yeah. Whatever you did, it's been working. Was yeah. That- Man, when you found that ring, I would have, I, I would have went about <laughs> that completely fucking different. <laughs> so yeah, uh, kudos to you. Kudos to you yeah. for, for holding strong on that one. <laughs> That was hard. That was definitely hard. Oh, sure. I, yeah. Uh, what has it been like for you after coming out, you know, transitioning into yourself? A lot of people have the experience and feeling of I've known since I was a little kid. That was kind of the case. Not really like thinking back on my, like my childhood, thinking about things like, Oh shit, that kind of makes sense. But, um, I would always see like pictures of myself, like in my sister's like play wigs from like Halloween. Or I remember like being in my mom's like heels and just watching her, like put her makeup on in the morning. And it was just like mesmerizing. I'm like, Ooh, this is cool. I don't know what the fuck she's doing, but I like it. It's just like little things like that. And then I've never really had the feeling like I want to be a girl or I'm a girl when I was that young. And I never had that that feeling until probably like I was 23 where I just felt something was different and wrong and I didn't know what it was. And from that feeling, it kind of played into what I explained earlier um, in my my marriage then um, was like, I'm, I'm definitely feeling a lot of different things. I don't like what I see in the mirror. I, I don't like this masculine, like everything about being male. I just, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. Coming out to myself first was the big one. Cause that's, you know, that's where we kind of start. I'm like, how do I go by this? I want to, to start hormone replacement therapy and take estrogen, suppress my testosterone. That's what I needed for me. Um, you don't need HRT to be trans. You don't need surgeries to be trans. You don't need anything to be more or less trans or whatever. You know, everyone's journey is different, but, but for me, it was, um, I, I want to be on this so I can fit into my identity on what's inside so the outside can be congruent with the inside. I kind of like went behind my, my family's back 
because I'm an adult and I can do things. And then, so I did that and um, coming out to my mom was probably the hardest thing ever. Um, my mom, she's, she's religious, but she's not like the scary kind where it's like, oh, you're going to go to hell or this, or you can't be this or you can't be that. She just believes what she believes, but she's not, oh, you need to believe in God. You need to do this. So, but she was as much as she and I have like butted heads. Um, she's the only person for some reason that I can talk to. We're the exact same person, but we're completely opposite at the same time. It's the weirdest thing. And I absolutely am not sure if I enjoy that yet. And I told her and she just kind of looked at me and she was just like, I figured something was going on, but it was just kind of in a tone of like a little disappointment. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know how to respond to that because she already had to deal with me coming out liking men, which told, she told me did not bother her at all. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> coming out to her, that was definitely hard. She's like, what does that mean though? I don't get it. And she just, I just had to explain it to her how I felt, what I'm going to go through, what I'm choosing to put myself through um, to be who I am. And she just kind of ignored me for a long time. And it was just very discouraging. It was like, shit, like I lost my dad emotionally. And now I can't even connect with my mom. It was just terrible. And like, I, I don't know what to do. I have no family that I can't talk to. She was just confused. Like, why are you wearing so much makeup? Why do you have to wear that? Why do you have to, you know, this, all the whys. And I'm like, this is who I am. This is like, these are the things. They're just things, first of all, that bring me happiness. Things are not gendered. Like it shouldn't be that way. At least I am taking, you know, hormone replacement therapy. So expect this to change. And expect me to, you know, start acting this way. And this is my name now is, you know, I told her Sybil and she just couldn't wrap her head around it. Like it was just, and from, you know, from mother standpoint, I, you know, I'm not a mother, but I can understand that a parent will feel that way. It's like kind of like a mourning process. Like, oh, my child just died. And now like, there's this new person that I need to know. And I don't know how to deal with. She had to go through that process herself. And I gave her that time. And I respect that time because I had to go through my journey and figure myself out. How do, how should I act, you know, socially? And what am I going to expect from the world? Like there's so much hatred in the world against trans people. And I'm so fucking scared. I would, um, you know, my, I grew my hair out. I shaved it like last summer, but my hair was super long um, for the last three years. And I would, you know, wear makeup. It was kind of like my armor. It made me feel good, but I still, you know, read mail and working at the job that I am at. Um, this is at before I transferred to this other location. It was just more like a conservative, like, churchy town where there's like a church on every fucking little corner and they're like big huge churches that hold like 2000 people wow and i'm like what the fuck like and they all shopped in this tiny little neighborhood store <laughs> and i would always get like 
why is that man dressed like a woman? Like I have like these long acrylic nails and like lipstick, you know, just whatever, like fuck off, like who cares? And, but I would always just get these people going up to my manager saying like, why did you hire that person? They can't work here. Like why would you like, why my managers would say, well, they're very capable. They're very experienced. Like they are able to work here. There's nothing wrong with them. Like, they said like, well, have you gotten to know this person? No. Have they, did they do anything wrong to you? Like, no, then that's my employee. Like this is who they are. And that's, that's, what's cool about our company that I work for at Trader Joe's. It's just like, just be you. Like there's no like political thing, like against anyone, like it's all everyone and anyone kind of thing. Um, anyway, but, um, I just got so much hate at my job for being who I am just wanting to be myself. And I had the support from my coworkers, but you know, like we're dealing with customers and it's just fucking groceries. Like it's like people shouldn't have a problem, you know, certain people touching your food. Like it's like, Oh, a trans person touched your food. You're going to get the trans or something. (laughs) You're going to get the trans. So like it's, 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 it's ridiculous how people act and you hear stories about, you know, Oh, so-and-so was murdered because it's transgendered. And it's just like, like, why would the media, and that's another thing, like the media, like they, they shine a negative light on like trans women and you never really hear too much about trans men. Um, like bad things happening to trans men. It's always about trans women. This person died. This person died because they were transgender. It's like, it's like, like the, just say like this woman died. Like it doesn't. Yeah. Philly, Philly does that shit all the time. Yeah. All the and time. It, and it fucking pisses me off. And like the headlines, like, Ooh, transgender woman murdered. And it's just like, I honestly think it's because of they're trying to show in the statistic. You know how they're always that there's that fight right now saying, Oh, you know, with transgender, um, you know, including them into the, uh, the military, like, Oh, you know, they have a higher rate of depression and suicide with, with yeah, because yeah. you because you guys fucking hate on them. Like, yeah, I, it's I, so would, true. I, I would be fucking doing the same thing. Like, it's it's terrible. Like, that's how it is. So, like, Why I'm fuck? always constantly worrying. Yeah. But so I had to learn how to deal with like my social anxiety because I, I do have social anxiety. Like I fucking coronavirus. I'm so happy I get to wear a fucking mask at work every single damn day because they don't have to look at my face <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm trying to get rid of my facial hair. I've been doing electrolysis for three years and it's, it's painful. It's expensive. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of money and I'm Mexican and Syrian. So unfortunately I have just like fucking facial hair and hair for days. And I'm just like, this is terrible. And I just want it to like go away. And it's slowly starting to feel that way. I'm like, Oh, I have less hair now. And all it took is three years and I need two more to go. But so like, since I came out, like, it's just a lot of having to learn how to be with society as not only as like, like being a woman, but, um, like finding out like what kind of woman am I and what am I like, just, it's just trying to like, all all really, you just want to like fit in and I guess blend in with Mm -hmm. the crowd other than like standing out unless that's your thing. And that's, you know, fine, I guess. But, um, like for me, it's just like, I, I don't want to 
stir all this havoc just because someone sees my face and that's a problem to them. So um, it's definitely been really hard along my journey with that. And I'm I'm doing the things I need to do. I'm getting my um, confirmation, confirmation surgeries um, that I need for me to, to film me. I've had two. Um, I just had a, my breast augmentation in October and that's something that I needed for me to, to feel complete. And yeah, I'm finally like in a place within myself where I'm like, I don't, I don't give a shit anymore what people think. Like I still get like that panic anxiety. I'm like a, a little bit, but it's not as severe where I started like transitioning in the very beginning. Cause it's scary. I was alone. I had all these other things going on and it was just really tough. And now that I'm kind of like into my own person, um, I'm just kind of like, I don't care. I'm an adult. I'm going to do whatever I want. Worry about you. I don't care what other things I have my, you know, my loved ones, my, my chosen family, and that's all that fucking matters. So. Yeah, no, definitely. And you know, you have uh, everybody over at the goat farm supporting you as well. Exactly. And I so. love everyone. Awesome. <laughs> Um, no, but, uh, you know, what, what advice would you give someone who's like struggling with their sexual orientation or identity? Like, like there's a lot of cliches, but they're kind of like, they're said for a reason. It's just like, don't lose hope and finding yourself. It's not easy. It's not supposed to, you have to like, just keep pushing. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Just be your authentic self. Cause that's all that really matters. Everything will, everything else will fall into place. Um, and another thing that I learned had to learn, still learning is just be patient. That's probably like the biggest one is just be patient with yourself. Be patient with other people. Other people are not going to get it right away. Um, people have to adjust to things. If you think they would have been supportive at the beginning or not, just be patient, 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 patient. Uh, how about this one? Um, if you could do one thing differently in your life, what would it be? So I can do one thing differently. Um, I guess I wouldn't have convinced myself that my, that God was real. Like I, I, I hated that I forced myself into religion when I was young and I hated that. I was struggling with it, but I was convincing myself, this is real. Like this needs to be real. Like it, it needs to be, but I don't know why I'm struggling with it. So I, I don't know why I was talking myself into it still when I knew like all the, the, the hatred against it about like other people or the way of being of other religions or just, I don't, I don't know. I, I wish that I just, didn't force myself and I wasn't so hard on myself during that time. You know, I was a lot younger and not, you know, I didn't know that much about who I was. So, um, I didn't want to, I just wish I wasn't trying to please everyone in my life mm -hmm. with religion in my family. And I just didn't want to lie to myself. So I wish I could change that. Well, thank you. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, a very personal answer as of yeah. many of your answers have been, and this has been fucking awesome. Um, 
Now, one thing we try to do uh, in study hall is when we have guests on and when they stop by class is we always try to make some correlation um, to school or around school experiences or study hall experiences. So I'm going to kind of hand it over to Alan Dennis here to um, ask you a couple of questions about yeah. school. All right. So let me start off first. So what are your some of your best memories of school, whether it be grade school, high school, college or, or graduate? And, uh, you know, maybe share some of your worst memories as well, if you feel comfortable. I'll, I will start with um, I'll start with the bad ones first. And this kind of goes for grade school, high school. Um, I didn't go to college. Um, but yeah, so when I was like in grade school, I was a really heavy kid. Um, my dad's side of the family's, you know, type two diabetes, just very traditional Hispanic Mexican culture, just, you know, everything, you know, that approach. And I guess that's just how I was taken care of. And I was just really heavy at age 13, I was 250 pounds. So I had to lose a hundred pounds, which I've done in my life. That's a big accomplishment because I didn't want to end up like my dad and my, my grandpa. Um, but I would always, I would always be like beaten up for, for being fat, for not having friends. Um, people calling me queer and gay and faggot and, um, in high school, people i was an openly gay person in high school and that was pretty big too but um and because of that i would have people spit on me all the time and call what me faggot fuck? yeah like in between classes i was always spat on and it just fucking sucked and um i was like my safe places in high school were like in the band room because i was a music nerd so like music practicing my instruments it was just like my get away for like, you know, an hour and taught to go back awesome. to class. Um, but yeah, like those were like bad and it just, ugh, it was terrible. But like, like the good ones, I remember the things that brought me like joy and happiness. Um, in high school, I was in the gay straight Alliance club. Then that's what it was known GSA. Um, I don't know if, the terminology has changed um, to be more including everyone, not just gay, straight alliance. But um, yeah, so I, that was kind of like a, a safe place for me. Um, and that was known as like the gay club. Like those were all the gay people are at. And it was just like so funny for people because they can make fun of us that way. And um, but for me, it was like a small little club and it was just people just hanging out mainly just to be safe during, you know, lunchtime. And, um, I was in, I was in that for about, you know, all my four years in high school. And, um, like the happiest moment was when my peers like voted me to be like GSA president. And I, I ran the damn thing. And I, what started my freshman year with like eight people, my senior year, I got, 40 people to, to join the club. So like, that was a big jump. And like, I worked my ass off for that. And like, that's just like a proud moment, um, like for, for me. And it was, it was very, very hard. Cause I was like 
like the front man. And that's, I was like the speaker for the people, my people. And that's like, uh, that was like a good memory. And I, I still go back to think about those times and I kind of try to, you know, apply those to my life now. I feel like it's important, especially in this new chapter of my, my transition in my life. Yeah, I was gonna Sweet. say. I was gonna say. Uh, I can only imagine. You know the uh, the feeling you got. You know when when you were when you were doing all that. You know just how proud you were. Um, yeah. You know, I can, I can see how you're living it back. You know, live back when you can kind of. You know, you, like you said, you apply it to uh, your life now because you 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 get a, you got to remember where your roots were and, and all of that. So for sure, definitely get to apply it. Um, you know, was there a teacher or teachers uh, who had particularly you know strong influence in your life? Ah, uh, yes, and this one. Like, I love this one. Um, this person like is literally a second mother to me. She's like mama bear. She's like ready to like throw fucking punches like when there needs to be. Um, so, okay. So in high school, um, there's this teacher, this English teacher, and her name is Miss Johnstone. And um, today she's JJ, um, but that's who she was in high school. And my freshman year, I had found out that she's actually the, the advisor for the GSA club. At, you know, so she's monitoring the, the, the students while this club is taking place. And she's a lesbian too. And she's like your stereotypical, like big, dikey, short haired, Allen looking kind of you know, person. And, but she's just like very like down to earth, very awesome. Just loves kids. Just, just wants to help everyone like grow as like humans, not just, you know, an LGBT person. Um, but she kind of like took me under her wing my freshman year. Cause I'm even till today, like I'm like the shy person until like I actually get going and I'm like, you can't shut me the fuck up. <laughs> but, um, she just kind of like helped me through school. Um, she opened up her classroom to me when I needed it to, to feel safe and feel important. She felt that like my, my personal story with like life and like family, like she just, I don't know, connected with me on some, you know, level like that. And, um, during school, during high school, I found out that she was my stepsister's um, like varsity soccer coach. And she was my, my sister's um, like English teacher, like you know, eight years before me. And so she like knew my family for, I've known this person for over 13 years and didn't even know it. So it just, it's like awesome how like that even happened. And um, during like my senior year and graduation, um, she would always just tell me like, I'm so proud of you. She's like, after high school, she's like, I just, I really want to be friends. I always want to just check in on you and, and, um, kind of, you know, conversation. And I'm like, heck yeah. Like you helped me so much with, with who I am and just keeping me safe and, you know, going still emotionally. And, um, so yeah, like, you know, that, that never bothered me at all. And then, I remember after like graduation, like weeks later, she would like message me and she would say, Hey, my wife and I, and the kids that were going to out of town, she's like, we need you to house it. That's okay. I'm like, Oh yeah. And like, after that, like, that was like the trust that started between like our friendship with 
her and her wife and her family and stuff. And ever since then, like I'd house it for, for her family when they were gone for like weeks at a time, taking care of their animals and they're just down to earth people. She would invite me to like Thanksgiving because I would always be alone on Thanksgiving. She would invite me over, you know, just holidays just to be included to, to feel like I have a family to come to. She, you know, provided me with like groceries when I had to move out of the County, when I moved in with my aunt in Sacramento once who was a tweaker and kicked me out after inviting me to come in and made no fucking sense. I'm just like, what the fuck? Um, like she was just always there with some kind of like support. And um, she shops at my store, like the whole town does. And um, Amelia and I, we both work together the same hours um, and she would come in and now it's like, that's like because of COVID, that's like the only time they actually got to meet because she's the one saying like, we want you guys to come over. Like we, we want you here. Like it sucks that we can't like meet up because of this whole pandemic. And like, once this is done, like, like we need you here because she says like, Oh, Sybil's so important to me in my life. Like she's like my child. Like, yeah. Just, she wants uh, to see what's putting a smile on your yeah. face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, she's forever going to be in my life and she's, she's, she's awesome. I love her to death. That's great. That's great. You know, I, I'm pretty sure that everyone has you know, that that one teacher that they can really connect with. Um, yeah, like, for sure. I had this one, Mister Winterbottom. He was he was a great fucking guy. He was a, he was my art teacher, and you know, he always had his room room open for me too. Like he would give me like lunch lunch passes, so I could not not eat in the lunchroom. I would take my shit to his room. I could work on my art pieces and eat lunch in there. Um, mm-hmm. All my study halls were spent in there. All that kind of shit. Uh, we, oh, so me, cool. me and my friends got really cool and, and really close with him. Um, our senior week, we went down to a Disney World for our senior week. <laughs> it's fucking great. That's so cool. <laughs> we, we ended up running into him, his wife, and his kid down there. We all went out to dinner the one night to celebrate uh, someone's. I forget one of our friends. It was it was his birthday. We all went out to celebrate. So we brought him out. And I remember at one night, at one point of the night, we were waiting for the bus. I think we were taking it to, to was it downtown Disney? It has that like boardwalk style with all the shops. Yeah, it's like Disney Springs now yeah. is what they call it. Okay, yeah, we're taking the bus there. And I had to pee really fucking bad. I just remember standing on the railing of the bus stop and there was a hill <laughs> down the other side. So he's standing there like shaking his head like, what the fuck are you doing, Danny? I'm standing there pissing down this fucking hill on the bus pool. So I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> Gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> this rest, the restaurant we were at, they had the whole the whole um, tablecloth you could draw on it. They gave you like pens and shit to draw on it. So like, mm-hmm. he's he's working on this like nice, really detailed sketch of like a, like a portrait of somebody and the rest of us are just dicks all over the table. Oh, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> That's great. I mean, we, we still kept in contact. Yeah. Um, he, he actually works at a waffle house in the summer down in Wildwood. So we're always going down there to visit him and eat, eat his food. But, um, no, it's, it's cool that you had that you had, you know, that you have that teacher that you can still like to this day connect with. And, and stay Oh yeah. She's with. awesome. She's great. So yeah, it looks like we're about here at the end. Now I'm going to throw a little curveball question at you to wrap things up only because, um, I got to say, I mean, even before all this, I was happy, but after all this, I'm even happier to have, you know, quote unquote, met you and, uh, and so happy that you're a part of, you know, study hall and, you know, the goat farm community. But I wanted to ask you, 
what's your experience been like and how did you find satanic study hall and like what's your experience been like with the goat farm and just interacting with just uh whether it's facebook or discord and just some of the um the interesting folks that we have uh amongst those two places yeah definitely um so after my my time like after watching um hill satan I've just kind of like had this like spiritual awakening. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Like I found something that finally fits who I am. And, you know, um, and then I would just, when I was living at my apartment, I would start listening to podcasts and I never really was never much of a podcast person. And I would just be chilling in my room, just listen, just searching. And I would, search like satanic podcast on Spotify or something. And there was a few of them that popped up, but they only had like four episodes or nothing really too crazy. And they were cool. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. Whatever. Pass the time. And then, um, satanic study hall popped up and there was like several pod like shows already on. And I'm like, this is cool. Like everyone sounds like they're just chilling and, and it people just seem like, genuine people are funny and then there's like the information being put out of what's going on and i just kept going like podcast after podcast after podcast and oh, you were started, a binger yeah and i just started cracking up because people were just so fucking funny and like like i'm that lame person who will, will read something on the internet i can be by myself and i'll just be laughing so hard and i'm like why isn't anyone here around me to like witness this but um and then all the episodes came to an end i'm like fuck i are they gonna do more and then and then like patreon was introduced i'm like okay and then um i just kind of like went off of that and there was some I, of those I mean, patreon like, episodes so uh, yeah we pull a couple layers of the onions back of the onion back on yeah. that one yeah there's some a lot of fuckery on patreon and it, it was just like there was just like more on there i was just like oh this is so great and it was just it just brought me like happiness and it was just so like cool and um and then it was said like oh follow us on you know Facebook and the goat farm and Instagram. And so I did, cause I just, you know, I enjoyed everyone so much. And then like it, like the rest is just like history, like the goat farm. I finally like was like accepted into it. And, um, it was, it was just like, so fun. Like people were just so funny. And, um, I'm like the person, like, like naturally I'm just in the background. I'm an observer and people are like, you're so quiet. Like it's, you're so shy. I'm like, no, I just want to see everyone like, make a fool of themselves and just have fun like it's, mm-hmm. it's oh you do a good job at that that's for sure yeah. and then i like dipped my toe in and i just started like posting random shit in the goat farm and then it's just like it's just fun and it's just funny and people are just cool and like how you guys explain it it's like a, a family of strangers and i'm like i wish i could meet everyone like in person like that'd be so cool um, we will i'll oh, say so yes. yeah. someday someday oh that's on the radar as crazy as that may sound um but uh there's there's got to be something creative that we can come up with we're all we're all driven fucking degenerates yeah so it's it's cool that i can relate to you know something finally like for for me um like i can call myself like a satanist and i know what that means and i'm not like scared or ashamed um my my boyfriend doesn't give a shit he's jewish but doesn't believe in like 
like it's core like he's not religious you know he says like satanists are like the coolest nicest people and everyone else is a fucking jackass and i'm like yeah <laughs> you're right like like it's just it's awesome so that's kind of like how i like discovered everything here so well, awesome. I mean, you, you, you came in and like you said, you might've stayed quiet for a little bit, but, uh, once, when, when, when you started speaking up and posting, I mean, you're winning contests and, and yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I, love, I love the shit you post in there. Oh great. yeah. It was, it's definitely, like I said, it was just, it always seemed to be at the right time too. And just, so just random hilarity. Um, and <laughs> even, like. even just, yeah, just, even just like crazy shit that's happening during your day. You're just like, just check this shit out. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me, it makes me laugh. And I like, I like to share shit like that with it's people. More- Cause pe- people are like, why would you post that? I'm like, why not? It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it's, 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 even your comments like holy shit you fucking <laughs> get me cracking up every day <laughs> oh god well i'm glad i can make people laugh it's like it's like a personal goal for me so <laughs> well you've actually you know you've made me laugh you actually brought a tear to my eye uh once in this conversation <laughs> um and th- this has been incredible i can't thank you enough for opening yourself up um and putting yourself out there and and being here with us this is shit like this isn't easy um and i know you may may, may, maybe you'll admit it maybe you won't but i'm pretty sure you put a a good amount of prep time into this um putting yourself out there like i said is is one of the hardest things to do especially in a public forum um so this has been incredible and i can i can absolutely guarantee that you know your words and your experiences and you know how strong you've been throughout this and how courageous and fucking steadfast you've been and standing your ground, being who the fuck, you know, you are and, and just looking forward and, and not to mention fortunate enough to find someone to do it by your side. Um, and, and it's, and it seems like, you know, I, I would hope this fortune absolutely continues, um, over and over again for you. You fucking deserve it. So, uh, again, thank you for being here. I don't know what else to say. This has been great. <laughs> Thank you. Like, I'm, I'm so happy you guys like asked me and, and right away, like, I was like, yes, like, like I, like I was scared and nervous cause I've never, you know, really shared my story. Um, and I just have like a phobia of hearing my own voice over a recording anyway. So, um, but yeah, like uh, you and me both, <laughs> I am constantly complaining <laughs> about my voice. They're sick and tired of hearing it from you. Oh, honestly. That's funny, but you it's, it's, it's not true. Me. That's not nearly as bad as they make it out to be. I was the same way. Everyone tells me I hated my voice forever. No, Billy, you got this deep, sexy voice. Oh, oh. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, I don't hear that. You know, you know, because everybody, when you hear yourself you on that. a recording, we it just, yeah, yeah. Sounds you different. got that make my butthole tingles, you know, sound. Hey, baby. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Get me going. But no, honestly, thank you guys. It's I, I was happy enough to do it. Like, honestly. Well, I will. I definitely see many of opportunity to uh, bring you back in a study hall down the road. Thank you. Um, so degenerates, heathens. No, wait, hold on. Uh, hold on. Yes. This isn't. I, I still haven't heard a chicken. Uh-oh. I'm waiting to hear the Uh-oh. fucking chicken. We can't disturb the chickens if they don't want to be they're disturbed. Sleep. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're sleeping. There's, there's two ladies on laying schedules. It's very important. We need our eggs. The other uh, ones are. That's all right. We, we, we've got a, we can, we can cash that check the next time. Sybil stops so by study. Are, yeah. they, are they any Patreon exclusive Sybil's chickens? There you go. Uh, yeah. Are there they, you go. are they anything like Coco from uh, Foster's home for imaginary children? Oh God. <laughs> One of them is. And I fucking I knew it. it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love it. Art. Yeah. Uh, we have 
we have five and we have Francine, Gail, Muffin, Babs, and Lily. And um, I, I fucking love them and hate them, but I love them at the same time. It's just, it's, ugh, they're great. So if I buy, <laughs> if I buy you three more, can we name them like two piece, five piece, and eight piece? Oh, <laughs> oh my god! Wow, gosh. Dennis, I know you're going to pay for that after we, we hit the stop button on this. Sybil is going to fuck you up. Um, well, thank you once again. Hail Satan. This has been great. Glass is dismissed.